What are the best landing spots for rookie wide receivers and tight ends? We're talking all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Dynasty. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. Follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt over on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, it's Friday. It feels a little weird to talk to you on a Friday. How's it going? Yeah, we had to shuffle things around, vacations and whatnot, and life got in the way, but things are good. How are you? Things are good here. Yeah, back home. We were on beach time, and uh, yeah, as you said... uh, the schedule gets away from you. So we apologize. We missed our Wednesday show. Uh, we really hate to do that. I think, in fact, that's uh, that's the first time we've ever uh, flat out missed a show. So we don't like to do that. We'll try not to do that anymore. Thanks to Kate and Marcus for covering for us yesterday. We flip-flopped and we're, uh, as we said, we're on we're on Friday. A little, a little strange, but we'll get through it for sure. Matt, I want to start out today and continue that conversation we had way back on Tuesday. Feels like a long time ago now. We were talking about the best landing spots for these incoming rookies. This is uh, kind of a follow-up of an artic- for, from an article that I did recently for DLF. You can check that out. That was the Monday mock article uh, earlier this week. So we talked to quarterback and running back landing spots on Tuesday, let's let's talk about the pass catchers today, wide receivers and yeah. tight ends. When we sit down here in less than three weeks to watch the draft, where do we want to see these rookie wide receivers land? Because I've seen some, I've seen some landing spots, some um, some some mock drafts where you know the Patriots are taking a wide receiver, the Ravens are taking a wide receiver, and those teams certainly have a need. But I don't think that need is enough to look at at those as good landing spots. What do you think? I've got a long list here. I start, you know, just jotting down teams left and right, and, and I think there's some sneaky ones. I think this poor free agent class of receivers yep. has people wanting, you know, a little bit as well. I don't love the incoming rookies, but the more I dig into them, including the player we're going to talk about today, yes. maybe some day two guys that it could be really alluring in the right spot, you know, and so we can dig into a bunch if you want, but I mean, there's some obvious ones, Green Bay, of course, teams like that, but there's some sneaky ones as well. I looked at teams who I feel like need a wide receiver one, and, and maybe you could argue some of these. I already mentioned Baltimore and New England, even though those teams need a one, in my opinion, I don't think that those are the landing spots I'm looking for. Certainly Green mm-hmm. Bay is is near the top of the conversation, and it can be argued if Christian Watson is prototypical wide receiver one type, uh, I would say no. I mean, certainly a ton of upside, but I think more suited as a a, a second option. Kansas City. I don't think he's a target hog. Right, right. Yeah, uh, Kansas City. Of course, they let Juju Smith-Schuster go. Uh, they have MVS, who they brought in last year. They have Kadarius Tony, who they traded for. The Chiefs insist that they're happy with Kadarius Tony as their top option. I'm a little surprised by that. I think uh, not only could they target a wide receiver somewhat early in the NFL draft, but 
uh, if they do, that player becomes a priority in rookie drafts. Yeah, and I, I also think it's somewhat of a buying opportunity for Sky Moore, but I can't believe it's Sky Moore, Tony, and then who knows? I mean, I, I have to think that they're going to add a bigger bodied guy, maybe like a Tillman that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, how about Tennessee? I mean, I know their quarterback situation is really rough, but I keep seeing Smith Najigba being mocked to yeah. them more and more, you know, really a compliment to Burks. There's a lot of nice spots for Smith Najigba if we think he's going to be the first receiver off the board, which I do. Would you would you look at Tennessee as a as a good landing spot for one of these rookies? Mm. It's closer to that's closer to Baltimore than it is KC, that's for sure. That's what I thought. I mean, uh Yeah, yeah. Several years ago, we were in the same spot with the Titans uh, when they draft Corey Davis. I'm sorry, when they drafted uh, A.J. Brown, they had Corey Davis oh. in place already. And we we kind of knocked A.J. Brown a little bit because of that landing spot. And, you know, that ended up working out pretty well for him mm-hmm. even, even before that trade. Um, some other teams that I had on my list, Carolina, of course, they, they brought in yeah. – uh, Thielen and Chark, but they they need a one. Uh, Houston needs a one. They've been routinely projected to take a wide receiver with that twelfth overall pick. Uh, the Giants they've been super active in the wide receiver market uh, in free agency, re-signing a bunch of their guys, bringing in some others. But they're all they're all like five ten and under. Like they need they need kind of an alpha. It doesn't have to be a big guy, but they need that alpha target. Uh, and, and I don't think they have that yet. So that the Giants could add another one. You mentioned Tennessee. The Rams need something behind Cooper Everything. Cup. Yeah. The Colts need something behind Michael Pittman. I still think Pittman's um, more suited to be a two. So maybe maybe uh-huh. you put them in that group that needs a wide receiver one. The Bears added DJ Moore. They could add another. The Falcons, similar to the Titans. They've got Drake London, who looks like a hit from last year, we think. Uh, but they, they really have nothing else. All good ones. They're all on my list. Um, just expand on Houston and Carolina. I think they'd be really good landing spots, but be patient for a year. I mean, I don't think this year goes particularly well yeah. for those offenses, rookie quarterbacks. As you mentioned with the Giants, they're absolutely on my list. But they have an asterisk next to them, unlike other teams, where it better be an outside guy. You know, what I mean, somebody that's right. a you know prototypical non-slot. And then two sneaky ones for me are the Bills. I'm not a Gabe Davis believer at mm. all. And how about the Bengals? Like, I'm not sure Boyd will be back in a year or so. I'm not sure if Higgins will be back in a year or so. Yeah, the Bengals with with those three are certainly a team you look at and think that they don't need uh, they don't need the help, but. Uh, mm-hmm. They've, they've also they're also a team that has been aggressive in adding uh, especially offensive skill uh, skill players so yeah it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a total surprise uh, speaking of the Bengals with a need let's move over and talk about the tight end position the Bengals yeah. of course recently bring in Irv Smith we we like Irv Smith still but uh, I don't think that necessarily means they're done this this is kind of the perfect storm in my opinion, with this tight end class, because it is, it's a deep tight end class. It's a strong tight end class. And there's at least a half dozen teams who have a real, real need at the position. Uh, Miami stands out. Green Bay stands out. Detroit stands out. Those three teams really have, have no real option as a 
to, to be the starter right now, to be a, a fantasy relevant player. I uh, already mentioned Cincinnati. Dallas has the two young guys, but after letting Schultz go, they don't have anything else. Um, the Colts have have some options, guys like Mo yeah. Alcox and uh, Jelani Woods I still like, but uh, they could be active there. The Raiders bring in O.J. Howard, Austin Hooper. They could bring in another young guy as well after uh, both um, – both Waller and unfortunately Foster Moreau are gone from that roster and then Washington. So those, yeah, those Washington are the, yeah, those are the teams I had for a tight end need. What's your favorite tight end landing spot? Because we'll see, we'll see a couple come off in the first round. Cincinnati's huge, of course, and they've yep. been mocked there over and over and over. I, I will say, you know, that offense comes from the Rams and I think they prefer a blocking type to a Kincaid type, but who knows? That's changed, and Burrow throwing to tight ends is fine by me. Um, I think Detroit's solid. I mean, I, I can't remember if you mentioned Carolina or not. I mean, that their tight end situation is not ideal, but that's certainly yeah. a wait-a-year guy. Seattle will be a name I'd throw in there. Washington's absolutely high on the list as well, as is Vegas. Um, two sneaky ones, though, are... What about the Chiefs? I mean, mm. go get Kelsey's successor. And post Tyreek, they've played so much 12 and 13 personnel that I, I would love to see them draft Musgrave or somebody like that and just learn a year or two and then, hey, we know your role. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've seen this work really, really well. Seattle, Buffalo, I mean, are they – Maybes, you know, I mean, the, the names you mentioned are more obvious. Uh, I just thrown out some others that wouldn't be bad if you don't mind waiting a year. And I'm going to wait a year on a tight end no matter what. Yeah, well, again, the the class is so deep that, mm-hmm. um, you know, those five, six rookie tight ends that that we really like, they're not all going to land in, in those ideal spots. One of them no, is right. going to li- land behind Kelsey. One of them is going to have to share early with with Dawson Knox, for example, as, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. So sure. um, it, it, it really is going to be interesting to track. Uh, of course, the, the ones who get that first round draft capital, we think that'll probably be Kincaid and Mayer could be, uh, could include Washington and Musgrave as well. Uh, any, really any combination of those four, if they land in two of those spots with the clear need, we're going to see them shoot up uh, rookie draft boards. So real quick, everyone knows I do a ton of stuff with the Steelers, and I've been a huge proponent. Steelers don't need a tight end, but why not take one of these 12? Because there's so many good ones. And if 10 other teams take that you know, thought process, and free agency implies that they might have, some of these guys may land in really bad spots. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just because yeah. they're setting ourselves up NFL-wise to take the best position we can. Well, they don't care about your fantasy team. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is the case. <laughs> now we're going to continue our rookie profile series today, talking about one of my new favorite players in this class. This guy's been shooting up my rookie rankings. Uh, we're talking Cedric Tillman today, the wide receiver from Tennessee. We'll do that right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate GM, Ultimate Football GM. And man, I wish I had this when I was a kid before I got in the business because I would have been all over this every day. But you've heard me talk about this mobile game app. And if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, which I did as a kid growing up like crazy, you got to give this game a try. And I still enjoy it now, of course. So it's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. 
when you play ultimate football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory, trying to build a historic dynasty. So, as I said, I mean, this is right up my alley. I mean, you get to do everything about, you know, building a, a team in terms of, you know, hiring the right coaches, even the coordinators, managing all the finances and cap and negotiating salaries and the terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of the season. All this is in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, play on the go as you want and when you want. So Locked On Dynasty listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On, all caps, all one word, in the game store. That's Locked On. So make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Matt, we are talking Cedric Tillman today, the wide receiver from Tennessee, six foot three, two hundred thirteen pounds. He's twenty two years old. He uh, entered Tennessee as a three star recruit, and uh, really, like like many three star recruits and, and lower, uh, got off to a very slow start. Back in 2018 was his true freshman year. No real production there uh, that season. The the next two years, 2019, 2020, he combines for uh, just seven receptions, just over 120 yards and a couple scores. But then 2021, which was uh, his his senior season, his first senior season, I guess we should say true senior season, mm. Really, his breakout year, 64 catches, over 1,000 yards, and 12 touchdowns. He followed that up this past season uh, with redshirt senior season. The production dropped, but of course, that was largely due to an injury. It was really a, a nagging ankle injury all year long. 37 catches, 417 yards, three scores. And that that dip in production has really cost him. I mean, if you look at NFL mock drafts, um, he he's not been showing up. Certainly not in day one. Although I did see I did see him uh, projected to be the last pick in the first round. I believe that was Lance Zerline that had him as a That's first a rounder. Real recent one, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, just recently. Uh, but other than that, we've not seen Tillman showing up in the first round. Um, and if you look at at some of the rookie mock drafts that we do at DLF or or any of the others that are going on. He's not even been a second rounder, typically a third rounder or even later in those. But we're starting to see that that value climb both in the NFL mock drafts and in dynasty rookie drafts. So we'll get to some strengths and weaknesses of, of Cedric Tillman. Matt, I want to hear what you think about this guy first. Yeah, and, and you kind of hit on this too. It seems like Tillman and Mingo from Ole Miss are starting yeah. to really gather a lot of momentum at least with, you know, draft media. I mean, the teams know who these guys are, but they're two of the only big physical beat you up at the catch point type guys, run after the catch, physical guys in in this draft. I mean, it's a receiver class full of little dudes, little quick guys. So I think that if you're in the market for a big guy, he's one of your few options and he's a good one. I mean, he's tremendous at the catch point, grabs everything. I don't think he's real sudden, but, yeah. They, you know, they, they, you know, he, he does build up speed well. You know, a lot of deep balls. That Tennessee offense, I think we've talked about Hendon Hooker or Hyatt or one of the two. 
is very strange. I mean, it's not a very uh, diverse route tree at all, but I do think he's adept at learning to in-breaking routes, slants, stuff over the middle, crossers, you know, play in uh, contested areas, not just go routes and things of that nature. I like him a lot, and I hadn't thought of it in this light, but one year ago, everyone in the world would, would prefer him over Hyatt. And I'm coming around now, especially for Dynasty, because I don't think Hyatt's ever going to be a high you know, target guy. I might have Tillman over Hyatt when it's all said and done. Yeah, I, I don't yet, uh, but mm-hmm. it, it's getting closer. You know, every time I go in to update my rookie rankings, Hyatt drops a little, Tillman moves yeah. up a little bit, and yeah, they're they're not far. I mean, certainly when you factor in the ADP, we'll get we'll get to some of those ADP numbers. But if you're talking about at cost, Hyatt late first, early second versus Tillman late second, early third, I don't think there's any question uh, that I would prefer Tillman at cost versus Hyatt. I agree. I wanted to ask you this. You you mentioned the offense and uh they're in Tennessee and and the uh you know with Hooker and Hyatt and I mean I feel like there's some doubt when it comes to Hendon Hooker. There's some doubt when it comes to Jalen Hyatt and and part of that is uh this this unique volunteer offense that yeah. um you know it was it was high powered but um certainly nothing like what we'll see in the NFL from those players, but just, a, you know, a little gimmicky, I, I think you could say. And oh yeah. Very. That, that does have me, you know, at least a little bit concerned about hooker and about Hyatt. I think Tillman is, is kind of the exception to the rule here uh, or the exception in this case that he's more, you know, he, he is a big physical kid. I mean, the first word I think of when I think of this player after watching him the past couple of years, especially is, is tough or toughness. And, yeah, you know, yeah. he played through that injury this entire past season easily could have, could have sat it out. And some of the top, uh, some of the top wide receivers in the class basically sat it out when they had an injury. Tillman did not, he played through it, uh, tried to tried to win a title for his team or help his team win a title. And, you know, I just look at him as, like I said, kind of the exception to that gimmicky offense. He's more of a traditional wide receiver. He can run multiple routes, can break tackles once he gets the ball, has has uh, great hands, safe hands. Like, uh, he – I don't really – I don't really hold that offense against Cedric Tillman when I'm thinking about his profile. I think you said that really well, and I hadn't looked at it in that light, and I'm glad I do now after you said that because I'm going back a ways, but this offense really feels like Kevin White, Corey Coleman mm. mistakes that are made. You know, that they put up a card of Daffy Duck or Mickey Mouse and they run another go route, or, you know, sometimes <laughs> the receivers on one side of the field just sit it out and don't even run a route. You know, they save their energy. I mean, just non-NFL stuff. But this guy, his athletic profile, his toughness, which you harped on, which I think is great, his stuff at the catch point, I think translates to exactly what the NFL wants. I mean, he blocks. You know, we talked about landing spots. I bet the Ravens love this guy. You know what I mean? He's out there blocking on the edge in the run game, going over the middle, taking hits, playing in the AFC North, you know, that type of thing that I don't think they care that, boy, he didn't run a real diverse route tree. We'll coach him up on that stuff because he looks like he's very willing to learn. 
Yeah, man, I hadn't thought about it, but he really does feel like a Baltimore Raven. I don't, <laughs> right. I don't know if that's for a better good thing or worse. Or, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Not maybe not a, maybe not a great thing for his dynasty value, but he certainly feels like a fit there. Uh, Matt will talk uh, about some of the concerns we have about Tillman, along with his dynasty value. Uh, we'll do that right after this. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the absolute perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to a thousand bucks. I can't believe it's up to a thousand bucks. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. Trust me, I can do it, so you guys can do it. Then you can bet on everything from money lines to point scores to the threes drained. Um, you know, there's everything you want, player points, rebounds, assists. You can lump them all together and do a same game parlay. I mean, anything you want, of course. Uh, so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt, sounds like we both really like Cedric Tillman and what mm-hmm. he could bring to an NFL team. It, it, it's not all perfect. I mean, we you mentioned some of the limited uh, route, uh, you know, the, the limited route tree, limited routes, them, yeah. right, that we saw from Tillman. Uh, the speed is, is average at best. I mean, he's not a burner, especially uh, when we compare him to his teammate, Jalen Hyatt. Uh, and we, we already talked about that injury. I, I don't think that's necessarily a lingering concern, but it certainly doesn't help his case. Uh, any other worries about Hyatt? I mean, I guess I guess draft capital is something to be aware of, but I, I feel like he's probably locked into that day two. You know, even if he falls to the third round, I think he'll be a day two pick. I do too. I mean, I'd be shocked if he's a top five receiver off the board, but I definitely think he's a top 10 receiver off the board, seven, eight in that yeah. neighborhood. You know, which is great and probably leads him to a pretty strong path for early playing time. Um, I'm curious, you know, some of the concerns are he's not real explosive, bursty, you know, get off the line, boom, you know, like his his teammate. But I also think, you know, was he 100% when we're judging that film Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe the best is yet to come, a completely, um, you know, injury-free offseason might help those things because I do think – once he gets moving, like a Mike Evans, you know, it, when he's 20, 30 yards downfield, he's moving just fast enough for me. I mean, he doesn't yeah. look slow. It just takes him a little while, a little bit of a build-up guy. So, uh, again, uh, th- that's not a massive concern to me. I mean, we've seen a lot of contested catch wide receivers, and I'm not saying he's New Hopkins or Larry Fitzgerald, but pure speed is not high on my list of requirements. 
Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, we said the same thing with, with, uh, Will Levis when we were talking about him. If, if you want to get a better picture of his upside, what he really can do, go back to 2021, skip over 2022. Levis was injured, had some mm-hmm. other things going on. I would say the same thing with Tillman, despite the success that we saw from that Tennessee offense this past year, his best, uh, best play was in 2021 before that ankle injury. So, if you want to get a feel for what he really can do, go back and, and find some clips from that 2021 season. Uh, I think uh, I think that will represent his game a little bit better. Real quick question, because you know this way better than I do, but deep down I think I know the answer. He had to be really coveted in the Debbie world a year ago or a year and a half ago or whatever, right? Honestly, he was not. Um, really? Yeah, I, do, I do play in several Debbie leagues. I don't think – and, and they're they're relatively deep leagues. I don't think he's rostered at all. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think he's one of those guys that, uh, for whatever reason, even after a very productive twenty twenty one season, kind of slipped through the cracks. And, and again, it it could be that um, it could be that Tennessee offense that people were kind of sleeping on a little bit. It could be the fact that at that point he was a one-year wonder, you know, I guess it, it could be mm-hmm. maybe argued that he's still a one-year wonder with that, uh, that 21 guess, yeah. season really his, his, his prime year with, uh, with some nice production, but yeah, for whatever reason, he was, he was not a, not a big target in the Devi space. Okay. Uh, let's yeah. That surprises me now as well. Looking back on it. Um, Finishing up here with his dynasty value, look at his ranking. He is 24 overall in DLF rookie rankings. That's uh, in a in one quarterback settings. He's the wide receiver nine. Rookie ADP actually falls a little bit further than that, 27 overall, and the wide receiver 10. And he looks like an absolute steal in startups right now. 187 overall, wide receiver 82. He's being drafted around guys like Tyquan Thornton and Jarek McKinnon and Michael Carter. I mean, give me Tillman all day over those guys. That I, I think he'll, uh, I think he's in for a big value gain, uh, really in in all formats, but especially startup drafts. We'll see him shoot up into the, uh, I would say the tenth, eleventh round at the uh, at, at least, maybe even higher. Yeah, I mean, this sounds ridiculously cheap. And just, you know, harping on the rookie ranks against other receivers, I mean, I'd rather have Smith Jigba. I'd rather have Johnston. I'd rather have Flowers, Addison, probably Downs. But then Hyatt, Tillman, Mingo. I mean, I think I can make a case that he's six or seven. Yeah, looking at uh, focusing only on the wide receiver, um, the wide receiver position for rookie ADP. Of course, we have Smith and Jigba at one. We have mm-hmm. Jordan Addison at two. Uh, I'm sorry, actually, Quentin Johnston at two. That's a little surprise there. We, we'll probably see that flip-flop. Of course, those probably two are very there. close. Zay Flowers, four. Josh Downs, five. Jalen Hyatt, six. Those six have been pretty locked in, uh, and the order has changed a little bit. But those six have been pretty locked in here for the past couple months. We're starting to see some guys move up and and maybe challenge that group of six Cedric Tillman's one of those Marvin Mims is moving up as well mm-hmm. Mingo moving up although he's still down actually in that fourth round range in our ADP I think again we'll see that change for sure Mingo's one oh, of these guys 
we need to have a, a longer conversation about because the NFL certainly is. You can tell the buzz is building on him. The buzz is building on Cedric Tillman. And we're still a little over, a little under now, three weeks away from the NFL draft. That will do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.